Welcome to Growing Up Boomer. I'm your host, Padre, with my co-host, Cotton. And this podcast is dedicated to the life and times of the baby boomer generation. The show is loosely scripted, and sometimes we'll go down rabbit holes, and where it leads us to, one will never know. This podcast can be informative, funny, and sometimes irreverent. But most of all, we hope you find it entertaining. Hey, Cotton, how you doing, my man? Real good, Padre. And yourself. As always, I cannot complain. Of course, <laughs> of course, you know when you get at my age, if you wake up in the morning, it's going to be a good day, <laughs> right? And then you and you're on this side of the dirt. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> oh man! Oh, today we're going to go over innovations on automobiles that were introduced in the '50s and '60s that we take for granted today. Oh wow! Okay, okay. yeah. But before we do. Okay, we have some sad news. Yes. Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley passed away on the yeah. 25th. Yeah. Yep. I remember we used to watch the Laverne and Shirley show. It was oh, one yeah. of our favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Same here. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was too bad. They didn't say what she passed away from, but it was uh, just said she had a short uh, bout of illness and uh, passed away on mm. the 25th i mean you know yeah you know and it started and we won't go over her life too much because remember we did a lot of that when we did the uh slang because remember the happy days oh yeah remember she started in five episodes of happy days yeah yeah vernon shirley which was a spinoff uh was 159 episodes you know? oh really oh yeah huh. and get this they try to piggyback that with laverne and shirley in the army <laughs> really? yeah. That lasted like two years, and that was it. I'm gonna, I was gonna say, I don't think I ever watched that one. <laughs> and then they did an animated one, Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, The Fonz Hour in 1982. Wow! In 1995, they did Laverne and Shirley reunion. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. In 2000, they did Laverne and Shirley together again. Really. They really soaked it, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is typical Hollywood. They will take something, they'll ride that pony <laughs> till it drops. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the last movie she was in was called Canaan Land in 2020. Yeah. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. And she plays a uh, talk show guest, made in a small part. Oh, really? Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, was in a ton of movies and a lot of TV shows. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, was, she worked uh, quite a bit. That's good. Yeah. So sad. We lost another actress by the name of Lisa Loring, who was Wednesday from the original oh. Adams Family in 1965. Yeah. 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 You know, also sad as well. Well, she really had a really tough life. You know, poor thing. You know, I think her mother her mother died of alcoholism at the age of 34. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. And she was married to that butler dude, the guy, the uh, porn star for a while. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She was married. I think they even came out in one of those TV shows, like a Jerry Springer show, uh-huh. to talk about, you know, hey, you know, how are the how their life was kind of uh, a mess. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was sad. I think she. They said uh, she died from a stroke from hypertension. Wow. Which is sad. Thing about the Adams family. When I was growing up, that was one of my favorite shows. Oh yeah. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you rang. Oh, it no. was what the series was based on. 
a cartoon in the New Yorker. Really? That first appeared in 1938. Wow. Get this. The guy that created it, his name was Charles Adams. A-D-D-A-M-S. Really? Yeah. Huh. He got paid $7.50 a cartoon. <laughs> more than i ever got <laughs> <laughs> yeah well when it comes to a cartoon you're right i don't think you've made any money on your uh caricatures no i have too much fun I have <laughs> <laughs> oh uh you know the uh characters didn't have names in the uh, new yorker they were not given names until the tv series huh they were looking at the name for gomez adams yeah and they came up with all kinds of different names I think one was uh, Rapelli, and they Rappelli. said, no, nah, that one's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and they also had for the son, remember uh-huh. his name was Pugsley? Pugsley, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was uh, Pubert was the original, but they, they figured really? that. Yeah, they rejected that because that sounded kind of dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but they did bring it back in the 1993 movies of the Adams Family uh, Values. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And then they had Wednesday. Uh-huh. Her favorite toys were, the, of course, the dolls with no heads. And she uh, kept the pet <laughs> yeah. spider in her pocket. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why they named her Wednesday was uh, the nursery rhyme, Monday's Child's. Uh-huh. Yeah, which was woes. Or... Yeah, Wednesday's Child is full of woe. Her full name was Wednesday Friday Adams. Because, <laughs> you know, Friday is child is loving and giving. Well, who is Thursday? Uh, Thursday is child has far to go. (laughs) (laughs) I must have been born on Thursday. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm surprised they didn't name me that. (laughs) Now, this poem first appeared in the traditions of Devonshire in 1883. And then Uh Monday's child is fair of face. That is definitely not me. Tuesday's child (laughs) is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has far to go. Friday's child is loving and giving. Saturday's child works hard for a living. And the child that is born on the Sabbath day is bounty, widow, and good, and gay. And I'm sure gay meant something different back in 1883. 1838. I would think so. Oh, did you know that John Aston was originally considered for Lurch? Really? Yeah, Gomez Adams, he was originally uh, considered for Lurch. Wow. Do you remember his uh, his series he had before that? Which one was that? I'm Dickens and He's Fenster. Oh, that's right. That's right. But you know what? Yeah. You know what my favorite role of his his is? Hmm. Professor Albert Wickwire. (laughs) Albert Wickwire? Wickwire from The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Wow. With Bruce Campbell. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love that one. That was a great one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and did you know this that lurch was a, was intended to be mute no yeah yeah the the guy ted cassidy he added yeah. that you rang <laughs> oh really yeah and it is believed that sometimes he um he lent a hand to plain thing uh, yeah <laughs> i love that every time was <laughs> <laughs> and jackie coogan who played uh aka uh, uncle fester has a law named after him, the Coogan Law. Remember oh, that, when he was a kid, right? Yeah, that's right, because he was a child actor and his parents spent all his money. <laughs> 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 and then you had Cousin It, of course. That was good. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Yeah. 
you know. And the, get this, the cast don't get paid for reruns. Uh-huh. Yeah, back oh, in really. Yeah, back in those days, there was a five rerun limit. After five, it runs reruns five times. You don't get no more pay. Really? Uh, yeah. Can you imagine how much the Adams family has had? I mean, you know. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the house was real. The house that they lived in was a real house. Really? Yeah. 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 And they they it ended up being demolished between sixty eight and seventy two. I mean, but the inside was a set, though, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the house itself, the front of the house, was actually a house. Oh, man. That would have been, <laughs> I bet you they could have gotten a fortune for that. Oh, house. yeah. And the theme song was, uh, I think, done by, let me, who was, who was his name? Vince Mizzy. Mizzy. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to pay an orchestra or anything. <laughs> so he did the singing and the harpsichord, remember? That was all yeah, it was. Yeah. There was no instruments or anything like that. And his well, thing. Snapping of the finger, right? Snapping of the finger. That is correct. Da, 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 da. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and you know what he said? He said, that was my bread and butter. Two <laughs> finger snaps and I'm in Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the New Yorker refused to run the cartoon while the show was on. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. You remember... Grandmama Frump. She had like six uh, episodes. The, you mean the old lady from? Uh, no, no, no. That she was different. That was Grandmama. That yeah, was oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. That was that was Gomez Adams' grandma. Oh, okay. Okay. Grandma Frump uh, was uh, Morticia's mother. Really? Yes. And her she was Margaret Hamilton, the woman that played the Wicked Witch from the West in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. And just, you know what? She didn't look any different. <laughs> <laughs> you were right about that, man. But yeah, it was sad to see those two go. But Adam's family and the monsters, I loved them as a kid. They were awesome. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say a kid. I was pretty old. <laughs> because they ran for like three years, 66 to 68. So three years. Huh. And uh, yeah. well, one last thing before we get into our podcast. All right, because this is just driving me crazy. All right, <laughs> this is just driving me crazy. This whole, uh, what, classified docs, documents that everybody's finding? Oh, yeah. Like, like this is a big deal, all right? <laughs> and this is what I'm telling my wife. I'll guarantee yeah. you everybody's got some classified information in their files. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, you know, they just found one that when Biden was a senator, yeah. And you know senators have it. And you know which ones you know have uh, uh, classified documents are the ones that are not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It, yeah. it, it was it, their mistake. They 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 went in and, and uh, did that to Trump. And, uh, <laughs> boy, they just, that just got rammed right back up. Them. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just silly. I mean, everybody's got them. I mean, you can't tell me someone like Dick Cheney doesn't have a few. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, my point is, now, my wife used to work for a police department in the records department. Whenever you send out any records, she knew exactly who got them, where they went, and if they were recalled, in other words, for instance, if it was a juvenile and they said you have to seal the records, she knew exactly who to call, and she would go right down the list. Really? 
And so, and if they said, oh, we don't have any, then she says, then you must destroy them. She'd take the name and there was a form she filled out. I mean, the records were just, I mean, airtight. Now wow. you've got, now you have secrets of the United States and nobody knows what they are. <laughs> I, said, did, I said, this isn't the fault of these guys. This is the fault of the people who are supposed to keep track of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, nobody knew that they forgot. Exactly. The guy's got them for 14 so years and nobody knows they're missing. <laughs> going like, hey, you know what? It ain't their, it ain't their fault. It's the fault of the people that are, are supposed to take care of those records. <laughs> my wife worked from some small little police department. And, oh, my God, you knew where everything went. If it went out of that <laughs> office, you knew what, you knew what office oh, it went yeah. to. You knew the individual, everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> and these people are like, hey, yeah, oh God, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I mean, they should know exactly where every piece of paper goes if it's that serious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. I'm going like, oh man. All right, well, let's get back to our podcast, Cotton. Okay. I apologize for taking so long on that. Not a problem. All right, but yeah, the I'll Adams family. We just had to do the Adams family, man. <laughs> that was just awesome, awesome program. Okay innovations that happened in the 50s and the 60s that we take for granted today all right mm -hmm. and, and this is the beauty is because after the war yeah. everybody at world war ii i should say because we we're always some fighting somebody mm -hmm. that the 50s and the 60s were the age of innovation for automobiles number one 1953 most important air conditioning yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> they had been trying to do this air conditioning for years and you remember they used to have the uh, aftermarket one that you put ice in and you'd hang it on the window <laughs> i think it looked like a gadoline gun on the side right that's right oh yeah chrysler was the first one to put it out in their imperial okay they called it the air temp oh really yeah the air temp yeah and then uh uh G general motors it was the air conditioning built by frigidaire huh. in their gms wow and then pontiac and nash they came up with installing air conditionings at the front of the car huh. well now we just take it for granted i mean even even the most inexpensive cars have air conditioning yeah another one in 1950 the torque converter which made the automatic transmissions remember three on the tree yeah. They had the they had the four <laughs> speed right right mm -hmm. and so that was always the issue because back then uh, women wore high heels that was the fashion and it's pretty tough to be shift in a car uh, and it first appeared in 1948 in the Buick Dynoflow. <laughs> Dynoflow. <laughs> that was the name of the transmission was the Dynoflow. <laughs> and this one I had. This one was just a two-speeder, and I had this one in my 1960 Chevy, the Power Glide. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that one, huh? Flip and slide Power Glide, is that what it was? That's what it was called, like the Power Glide. Yep, yep. And then think about this. My wife's Ford Edge has six different <laughs> gears in it. Six? Really? Yeah, so it's like you, you don't, it, the whole thing is you don't feel the shift. There's no shift. It's just so there's so many. And they switch so quickly, you don't feel the ship. It just rides real smooth. Huh. And here's another one. 1959, the three-point seat belts. Hmm? 
introduced okay. by Volvo. Three point. Yeah, in other words, you know, you have you have uh, two points over the lap and then across the shoulder. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So that was like the three points: one, two, gotcha. and three. The first seatbelt goes all the way back to 1910. Really? Yes, sir. Huh. But the first three-point was introduced by Volvo. Remember, their advertisement was how safe their cars were. Yeah. They were ugly, but they were safe. <laughs> I know some of those cars. Were, some of the ice. early ones. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, how about 1951 electric windows? Really? That long ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were introduced in 1951 in, again, again, the Chrysler Imperial. And wow. then they fought, they went over to GM and Ford in 1954. Mm -hmm. Then they offered them there. Of course, they were an option. Oh, yeah. There's a crank. I still, my little truck has, still has a crank. Does right? it really? It's a 2002. <laughs> it's got a crank. You know, the first time the kids got in, they were looking. I go, what are you looking for? So, oh, you rolled down the window. It's that crank. Hey, right but there. you know what? The, the, crank, the crank always worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, by HHR, we had uh, one of the back windows went on it, uh -huh. and they had to replace the unit. Seven hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, shoot, the crank never failed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nineteen fifty-one. How about this one? Power steering. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, in all honesty, the concept of power steering goes back to eighteen seventy-six. Really? Yes, the concept. Huh. Yeah, but it was yeah. uh, Francis W. Davis in 1926 actually came up with the blueprints for uh, power steering. Huh. Yeah, but it wasn't until 1951 that they actually uh, brought it in. Have you ever Have you ever driven a car that didn't have power steering? Yes. <laughs> as long I mean, as you were moving, it was okay. Yeah, it's when <laughs> when you were parallel parking. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough. <laughs> Man, it was like. And have arms like Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was it. It was introduced, yeah, 1951. Uh, of course, like, and then uh, Cadillac introduced it in 1952. But you can imagine the Imperial and the Cadillac, all that weight in those tires, and you have to turn it. <laughs> yeah. it ain't going to happen, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, 1958. Something we take for granted. Cruise control. It, and when when was that? 1958. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm surprised. Yep. Huh. And get this. Are you ready for the name? Yeah. It's called the Speedo Step. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not cruise control. I'm sure that's why they changed it to cruise control. Does that sound yeah. so fifties? The speedo stat. <laughs> Maybe it was made by the bathing suit people. <laughs> but yeah, again, introduced in the Imperial the following year, introduced in Cadillac. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. So these are all innovations in the 50s that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. Now, how about the 60s? Now, the 60s, that was awesome. Because they came up with some some pretty good stuff, but it really wasn't innovations for the car itself, but it was innovations for health. We'll get into that when I talk about it. Huh. Alternators were introduced in the 1960s. Okay. 
because of all the electrical stuff that was going through, right? Because we got air conditioning now, you got radios, you got all of this stuff. It was draining the battery. Yeah. So now they just needed the battery to start the car, and then the alternator took over from there. Yeah. So yeah. that way, you know, the battery wouldn't work as hard, and the batteries could last. Yeah, but didn't the alternators always have a choose today? I, I don't know. It seems seems to me I had to take cards in because the alternator was out. Well, I'm sure it did because it was running constantly when you're running with the car. Oh. Okay. And don't forget, in the '60s, what did they used to call it? Plan obsolescence. <laughs> okay, I believe that those car companies, if your car was guaranteed a year, things would start going out a year and a day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they would plan yeah. for it to go out so that yeah. you'd have to bring it into the shop. Yep. <laughs> but the alternators, that was the first one that came out. I think it was a Plymouth Valiant. Oh, yeah. In 1960. You remember the Valiant? Yeah, my my old buddy George uh, had one. Yes. Oh, I, 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 I like the style on them. I mean, they were just yeah, a cheap would, little car, but they look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then eventually, of course, General Motors a year later, then the Ford then came out with them. Mm. Now, this one's a big one. Yep. Emissions control in 1961. This, yeah. is, this is for combating major smog issues in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's It'll, earlier than I thought it would have been. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it takes a while for things to get around. Yeah. You know, but this was when the government realized the emissions from the engines. They're beginning to cause some pollution problems. Yeah. <laughs> and did you know that compared to the cars of the 70s, like pickups, trucks, is 90, uh -huh. 90% cleaner today than it was back in the 70s? Huh. Yeah. And same with new uh, heavy-duty trucks and buses and all of that is roughly roughly 99% cleaner than the 70s. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, this was uh, this was bad. Do you remember how, how bad yeah, it was? How did we live? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, then now, now, this all started as a study back in the Eisenhower days. He signed it in October 10th, 1960, to start studying this. Now, get this. We're not talking about pollution. Remember Jacques Cousteau? Yeah. And Prince Rainier III from Monaco? publicly opposed France's plan to dump radioactive waste into the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> oh, we got some radioactive stuff here. They're popping in the ocean there. It's starting to glow, so let's get rid of that. <laughs> oh, so, and when you really look at it, you know, the comparison of growth areas for emissions right from like 1980 to 2019 now when you look at the gdp 1980 to 2019 has uh -huh. increased by 182% wow vehicle travel miles has increased by 114% jeez population is up 44% energy consumption is up 28% and now co2 emissions is only up 15%, even though we are driving 114% greater miles. Really? That, yep. That's and emissions emissions from like factories and stuff like that is down mm -hmm. 71%. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been working hard on that. Do you remember we used to work for, uh, what was it, California Hardware? Yeah. And remember we used to have the um, that big picture window? It was like you could stand on the second floor and look out, and there was all the desk underneath, and the higher-ups yeah. were higher up. 
yep. and you got to walk up the stairs. You really never wanted to do that because you didn't want to get called into the president or vice president's office. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so you'd walk up, and you remember you could see the San Gabriel Mountains? Yeah. Most yeah, of beautiful. the time. Mm -hmm. Remember yeah. some days? Those mountains are less than 40 miles away from that picture window, which is what, like 30 feet tall? Just huge, yeah. remember? Yeah. And you couldn't see the mountains of smog was so bad. <laughs> yep. And the mountains are less than 40 miles away, the top oh, of yeah. the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can drive there. If there was no traffic, you could drive there in less than an hour. <laughs> and you couldn't even see him. The smog was so bad back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, thank goodness for that. You know, <laughs> that, that, that they actually cleaned everything up. It was bad. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, you know, another big innovation? Japanese imports to the UK in 1964. Really? Yep. In other words, before then, everybody kind of kept to their own little playground, shall we say. In other words, American yeah. cars, you can only buy American cars in, in uh, the UK, United Kingdom. You could only buy United Kingdom cars in France. Poor guys can only buy Renaults. Peugeots and Citrons. Yeah. But what ended up happening is that the first import, Japanese import, 1964, into the UK. And what's the number one selling car now? Right? Is I think what is it, the Accord or is it the Camry? I can't remember. But it is a foreign car. Number one car in the United States selling. Yeah. You know, so I'm uh. just saying that that was a big innovation. And what that did is made the American car companies better the competition yeah yeah that's a good thing yeah that's that's a good thing because remember they we made some pretty cheap stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh here's another one in 1966 dual action tailgates was big do you remember that one no in other words you could open the tailgate in a, a station wagon down or you can open it Yes, yes. Or you could open like a door. Side. Was yep. that cool or what? Yeah, that was pretty slick. Yeah, so dual action tailgates, big time in 1966. Yeah. And how about yeah. this? Upgrades, safety upgrades in 1966, the health and safety uh, concept started becoming to fruition. In other words, they were going to really start looking at cars. We need to actually make them much safer. So actually, like, you know, for instance, you know, the introduction in 1959 of the three-point seat belts, and they started looking at airbags, collapsible yeah. steering wheel columns, crumpled yeah. zones. All of that came from that commission in 1966. Yeah, wow. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, nothing happens overnight. Yep. What is the old saying? Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. <laughs> right? But then again, they probably didn't have coffee either. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last thing too. Uh, that this is this is a very very important uh, intermediate windshield wipers in 1969. Oh, really? Yes. Now get this: windshield wipers were never ever enforced by the law. There was not a law. In other words, you could have sold a car without windshield what? wipers. Really? Yep. Yep. Oh. The thing was, because of the fact that everybody said, we want them, they, they just came standard in the 40s and 50s. 
Really? That's, yep. that's wild. Yeah. yeah, they just came standard because if you didn't have windshield wipers, people refused to buy them. So they ended up being standard in the 40s and 50s. But <laughs> they had to pass a law in 1968 to make them mandatory in buses, trucks, and truck tractors. <laughs> December 25th, 1968. You, you can sell buses without windshield wipers. <laughs> <laughs> I go like, whoa, man. Yeah, that's crazy. You got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) And we take them for granted now, right? We want the intermediate type of windshield wipers. You know, the things I hate is the old ones. They only had one speed, right? Right. (laughs) You get kind of hypnotized. It's like, whoa, man. You know? That guy's all over the place. Yeah. And get this, the guy that patented it, I don't uh-huh. think he got any credit for it. Really? Yeah. What ended up happening was that uh, everybody uh, had that device. And I think what mm-hmm. ended up happening is that he took one apart and found out that Ford and I think GM were <laughs> were using his uh, patent. <laughs> <laughs> I think he took him to court, but I can't remember if anything happened. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty interesting one. Oh, that's it's like, crazy. oh man, <laughs> this is my stuff. <laughs> what are you doing with my stuff? <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah, that the actual uh, patent of the vacuum system that runs the um, wipers were patented in 1919. Wow. This guy came up with them much later. But it was the intermediate, unbelievable. But again, it really wasn't required by law. Neither were seat belts at the time. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if this was a big deal for the guys. I I never understood it. But they would take the passenger windshield wiper off. Really? Yeah, I had no idea what the why why, why that was such a big deal. <laughs> but yeah, they would that they would take off the windshield wiper on the passenger side. Yeah, God forbid you you have to look over on that side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I go, well, maybe there in Southern California doesn't ring much. Yeah. You know, we get little sprinkles, you know, you get little sprinkles and we panic. Oh, my God, it's raining. It's oh, sprinkling. Yeah, it's, been, it's been crazy out <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. So. yeah. You want rain? <laughs> Come up to Northern California. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> Oh, well, Cotton, you know what? It's about time we probably bring this one to a close, buddy. No, that was a quickie. Okay. <laughs> Just like me, man. <laughs> yeah, I read that on the bathroom off. <laughs> All right, my man, you have a great day, okay? <laughs> All right, you well, too, buddy. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Nos vemos después. We'd like to thank you for listening and leave you with this quote from Thomas Edison. I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Until next time, may God bless.